now that we've taken care of the shopping, you guys make your way through the streets of Waterdeep as you're taking in the sights and the sound of a bustling port city that is Waterdeep. And as you go through the streets, you are once again reminded of the various sights and sounds of different business owners out and about doing business. You also are aware of just regular people going about their days. And as you are walking and taking in the scenery, after a little bit, you, with the behest of the directions of Lady Red Axe, you guys find yourself in front of the Yawning Portal. At this point, you got jokes. I'd like... We'll see if that's funny later. No, I'm just kidding. You're good. <laughs> Come at me, bro. That's a different podcast. <laughs> Anywho. So for all of you, regardless of where you are, everybody has heard of the Yawning Portal. Adventurers alike what knows what's inside. And it is one of the more renowned places in all of the Sword Coast, if we're being completely honest. So as you guys are standing outside of the Yawning Portal, the tavern doors are open and you could just hear the cacophony of many patrons inside enjoying a drink. Lots of conversations are happening. There are a couple of occasions of yelling across. And then you hear somebody saying down the rabbit hole we go at the top of their lungs as everybody begins to cheer for some reason. But yeah, so you guys are currently on the outside. I'm assuming y'all are going to step in. Alrighty. That's a so, assumption. I just need to make sure because you know what they say about assuming. But alright, so you guys make your way inside. Once you step inside the threshold of the yawning portal, that very joyous atmosphere that you could feel on the outside of the establishment intensifies as you cross the threshold and get yourselves into the mix of everything. So as you get a more visual look, you once again see that the yawning portal has multiple levels to this thing. Lots of patrons enjoying drinks and small meals. And then, of course, smack dab in the middle of the general floor, so to speak, you see this giant circular opening where all of you know that leads to the mysterious caverns below and all the untold craziness that is the dungeon of the Mad Mage dwells within there, which we may or may not be visiting down the line, but we shall see what happens with that. But according to Lady Red Axe, you guys will want to talk to the head tavern keeper and let them know that you are here to see the good Baron. So as you guys take a look around, you just see a couple of barkeeps and barmaidens all over the place running about, fulfilling orders, getting drinks ready, all that kind of jazz. But yeah, as you take a look over at one of the bar areas, you do see an older looking human. He's got a fading red ginger hair and kind of a scraggly beard. Physique-wise, he's pretty built. He's a little bit on the taller end. And as you take a look, you just hear him yelling orders and serving up things and all that kind of stuff. And based on the description, a description you were given within your little note from Lady Red Axe, this seems to fit the tavern owner so to speak corvus is gonna approach the tavern owner like a child getting into a high chair climb into it and hop down he swings his legs looking up at him he's i was sent by lady red axe to find the good baron here and also i have a problem with this place it's neither yawning or a portal i think that's <laughs> false advertisement so you're so as you say this to the barkeep he just stops and looks at you and says you're an acquaintance of Lady Redax, are you? Oh, yeah. We're like best buds. And you are here to see the Baron? Yeah, that one. And you just see him just let out this raucous laughter. <laughs> I feel sorry for ye. That's what my father said at my <laughs> birth. So, Baron? And just looks at everybody else. 
and just mm-hmm. nods and smiles. Somewhere along the way, Ferrin was able to grab a cider. <laughs> just all of the, yes, all of a sudden, it's just like... Everybody looks over, nobody knows where it came from. It's not even the brand that's served here, but he's got a mug of cider. You found it on the way in, you stole it from somebody in the street. You know what they say, finders keepers. Losers, weepers. <laughs> I feel like I was pointed out on that. At the same time, Hugh, Hugh hands him the adult pamphlet. I'm assuming it is also soggy. Oh, of course. It's as wet as can be, but... See, is it moist? No, it's fucking wet. <laughs> like, sopping wet, not soggy wet. It's like the middle of a hurricane wet. Like, it is just drenched. Ring it out, make a cup of water wet. Oh my goodness. So, this tavern keeper kind of takes it and just puts it behind the bar. <laughs> Thank you. Alrighty. You can hear the plant and the pamphlet go. Exactly. It's like a sound as he puts it behind. Oozes off the bar, falls on the floor. Yes. Yes. Exactly that. <laughs> Alrighty. So the barkeep just looks at all of you. All right. Follow me. And he steps out from behind the bar and leads you through the yawning portal and takes you towards the back area where you start to see that the decor kind of changes a little bit from your standard like tavern with wood and all that kind of stuff. And it begins to change into a more stone like cavernous structure as you head to the back. And as you turn the corner and head down these flight of stairs, you hear patrons and the noise coming from the main floor of the yawning portal begin to grow more distant the more steps that you take until you stop in front of this what looks to be this very rustic iron door and the tavern keeper just fiddles with his keys with a little bit ah here we go and unlocks it and opens it up and says i hope you like the dock because it could get a little spooky down there. The Baron means, but again, he's... I don't ask questions. He pays his rent. So it's not like it's any of my business. But the few times that I've let people in here, they've come back up, if at all. A lot different than they were when they came, went down there. So just be careful. Do we look like the kind of group that looks normal to begin with? Touche. I didn't say it, you did. You thought it, though. You thought it, I got you. I think this is an eclectic bunch of individuals, but it seems that, and I'd be wrong on this, you seem to have somewhat of a good head on your shoulders. Just don't die, because it's a nightmare to clean up. No promises. I like you. <laughs> oh, thanks. Not a lot of people <laughs> do. They usually hit me. Or hit on you. It depends what mood they're in. It's mostly hitting me, not on me. I am not your captain. I can't hit you anymore. Thank God. You have a very powerful right hand. This will not hit him. Huh. I will not hit him. I will oh, not. Hi, well, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Baron. Instead, and, 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 oh, instead of hitting, I just like light, lightly pat Corvus's head. Ah, this captain is. I don't know if I'm things. attuned to these gauntlets or not, so. I don't want to go to pat him on the head and then just send him through the floor. <laughs> so just pat. I see that our new captain is more about verbal abuse than physical abuse. I do not envy you, Corvus. Not at all. Anywho's. And so, you guys make your way through the iron doors. The tavern keeper kind of closes the door behind. He leaves it unlocked, obviously, so when you come back up, and as you turn around from the door, you see just a singular staircase descending into what looks to be an underground cavern system. <laughs> ah, home sweet home. That was sarcasm for anyone that didn't pick up on that. <laughs> the fact that you have to explain it's sarcasm. <laughs> so yeah, you make your way down this staircase, and as you're walking down the staircase, you start to feel the yeah. atmosphere Can kind of... As you're going down, there's like torches lit along the path, so it's not like it's complete darkness. But as you get to the bottom of the stairs, 
and this cave entrance that it is a little darker ahead and there's not as much light as you head further into this cave entrance. So who has dark vision? <laughs> I have 120 feet. Cool. So we got the burb and we have. Yeah. So Hugh and Soren can see. Anybody else got dark vision? To double check real quick, I'm pretty sure I do. I think Uh-oh. Fila was the only one that didn't. Fila, yeah, I think Fila's the yeah. only one because they're Fila's the only human in this party. <laughs> she's human. We're not gonna do that. Nah, Don't worry. I'm not, I'm not I have that's okay because I have plans for Fila that may or may not throw things into chaos, so it's gonna be good. Oh, I have so dark vision up to 60 feet. <laughs> nice. So Cat Dak, remember where do you have, it is. Do you have dark vision? I can see it dark times, yes. Okay. I'm cool, so then this will be fine then. <laughs> Time to stealthily move through these passages. <laughs> clang, clang. Crap, I should have got that cloak of Elvenkind. It's not like you're trying to sneak into it. Like, you have permission from Lady Red Axe to come down here. And so the Baron is expecting you. It's just that it, you weren't expecting to be traveling into a cavern system. It's all good. Yeah. So as you go through this cavern, obviously you guys can see. So there's no need to do certain things. You guys travel for a good chunk of time as you're following this narrow corridor. And as you come out of this after some time, you find yourself to use a design term, it's like there's a lot of clashing ideas and patterns in this room. Because for one, you are in a dark cavern system. But as you enter in this open area after traveling through this tunnel for a little bit, you come to find yourself in what looks to be something equivalent to a Greek amphitheater of some sort. <laughs> so there's lots of marble that has been put into this cavern. There's lots of pillars. And there's also happens to be what looks to be a checkered pattern on the floor that kind of leads from where you are into this area. And a little bit further that there looks to be a plethora of what looks to be portraits all up and down against these pillars and against the walls of this cavern. And in the very far end of this room, you see what looked to be four pedestals with portraits on them and a bunch of frames did on the floor in front of these four pillars so what do y'all want to do currently i'm hoping there's a visual explanation of all this stuff as well I'm going theater to of the mind i'm going to inspect some of the closer portraits <laughs> see if they, i recognize them or there's weird patterns in them okay so really quickly tydeck to give you the spark notes version well, you know what? Don't you have a picture? You normally have... Not for this one. I can draw you one, though, real quick, though. And we know that my artistic skills is not the greatest, so bear with what, me. What a bro. I'm drawing it out. All right, you're big. You're nice and big right now. Remember, you got to draw it in reverse. I don't know how you draw squares in reverse, but all right. You can't have if the one specific thing's in this corner, it's got to be in this corner. <laughs> it's going to reverse it. Okay, I drew in pencil, so you're going to have to bear with me here. Okay. Oh, the resolution's so low. Shut up. God, what is this drawing? You got to bring it closer there, son. Okay, so really quickly. So right here at the very top, you have your four pillars that have four different paintings on them. And scattered in front of these four pillars and these four paintings are, as Hugh gets closer look to be frames of different colors that are there. And then a little bit further is just the checkered pattern floor that leads from where you guys are bottom here, leading up to where these four pillars are at. Mikey? Yes. We're still in the dark? Yes. Yes. <laughs> dark vision doesn't let you see color. Yeah, I see shades in gray. We all do. <laughs> yep, Damn. That's what dark vision works. That is true. Well, lucky for y'all, since Fila's the only one that can't see, she has a torch, and it's just like accompanying you as he gets closer. I forget I sometimes that we are all colorblind in the dark. <laughs> okay. okay, so, so to assist with this, I'm going to use my, my gem flight. I'm going to use my... I'm going to burn it. Okay. 
He walked across the floor and nothing happens but go for it. We're gonna go up above where the torch lights up the area. Oh, I see what you mean. Aerial view of the entire thing. Okay. So yeah, so you go up and it's just like I just described in the diagram. You just see that you have the checkered pattern floor leading to these four marble pillars with the paintings in front of them and surrounding the walls leading to this central point is lots of other portraits and frames as well hung up like a weird gallery of some sort. Okay, so I'm going to be one person right above the (laughs) gallery, quote unquote, torch in each hand lighting up below us so that they can see properly. You're literally like a flight traffic controller. Yes. I love it. He's our eye right. in the sky. He really is. Listen, everybody has a part to play, which is a good thing. If all else fails, I could just cast light and then just touch my shield and make it just like the largest flashlight. That's probably but no, the best we're good. Either. We got a flying tie deck with uh, with torches, but so we're good. Highlight. <laughs> oh man. Jeez. So is the room like dry? Is it? Is there anything like a, like a carpet? It's just the checkerboard pattern, and they're pretty large, correct? <laughs> yeah. And then is of that... course, go ahead. Oh, no, it's just what's the yeah, It's just just a checkerboard pattern, right? Yeah, it's just a checkerboard pattern. And as you're walking with Fila across it to get a closer look at these pillars, like I said, four paintings on top of these pillars, and then a bunch of different colored frames on the floor as well. So they're just empty frames sitting on the floor. And four different paintings on the pillars. What's different about them? Okay, so let's go into my notes. Something you actually are handy dandy notebook. notebook. Alrighty. <clears throat> my DM prepared for game today. You act yes. like I never do. <laughs> nah. All right, Hugh, as you're taking a look at these four different paintings that on each of these pillars, there is a separate painting and they are as follows. So on the. I'll just say we'll go left. So it's like left, center, right, and then far. Right. Okay. So on the far left, you see a painting of two dwarves. The setting seems to be like in a cavern region. And they both be are looking to be digging up some sort of gems and or treasure within these caves. And as you take a look at these doors, that one of them is holding up what looks to be an opulent diamond in their hand. And they look to be excited, whereas the other dwarf in this first painting is giving off a more cold and like envious look in their eyes as they are looking at their friend who discovered this diamond in this painting. So put the green one on it. So do you yell that from up above as you're about to drop a torch on me? <laughs> put the green one on it. Oh fan, I'm digging a hole. I appreciate the advice, Tydeck. I'm going to look at the other paintings first, just in case. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna gather all the Paint all the frames and walk with human. I know, but that's uh, you, man, just so they're ready to put on the paint on the thing. Alrighty, so you gather all the frames. So really quickly for you, Corvus, you gather the frames. So there are a total of nine different frames. So they you there is one of each, but they are the following colors. You have blue, green, red. Orange, violet, yellow, black, pink, and white. Reggie Biv? Pretty much. And then you add black and pink and white into that mix. Okay. And no indigo. No indigo. Got it. Or violet, definitely. So once again, no particular order. Black, yellow, violet, orange, red, white, pink, green, and blue. Okay. Alrighty, so look at the paintings. We have the dwarf, yeah. So back to you, somebody, Hugh. So, somebody's picked up the diamond, and the other's friends are jealous. Good, cool. All right. So in the second painting, so left center, there is a young woman who is wearing a long white dress. It's kind of just sitting against a tree, what, and she's looking out into the horizon line of what looks to be a lake painted there as well. And that the expression on her face is she looks a little bit sad. 
and distant as she is looking off into the lake sitting against this tree. On the center, so the one next to it, you see a young tiefling child dressed in blue pajamas running away from what looks to be a ghost following him down this hallway in this painting. And as you take a look at the expression of this child's face, that any color that he had is drained from his face and he just looks pale and scared for his life. And then finally, the far right picture, you see a elven, an elderly elven woman. So she looks to be like a grandma type of figure in giant moo-moos. moo-moos. And she is depicted in a scene surrounded by what looks to be her family members at a birthday party. So the family members are like cheering, showing expressions of happiness. And you can see that this matronly figure, the grandma, who is looking at this big old birthday cake with the candles in it, you can see that she is smiling and that she has across her face a ginormous smile and that she is blushing and she just looks to be joyous and happy within this painting. <laughs> Would you like no me? <laughs> I have no idea. These are all very badly drawn and <laughs> depict things that I, that make no sense together. It's very strange. I think the last one was yellow. Or red for the blush. But yellow is the color of happiness. And red is the color of love and of hate and rage. If I can add my three cents. If I'm not too bright, but if I had to assume what the paintings were for, maybe not only are they the moods, but do you guys know the corresponding colors of each mood? I do not. Yellow is happiness. Is there anything written on the back of these portraits? So, Dadik, do you take a look at behind these paintings? Wait, you touched the back of the paintings? That's what was being asked. All right. Are they just sitting there or are they like hanging up or what? They're, they're, they look to be. So on these pillars, these paintings are being supported by a small wooden easel on top of the marble pillars. Now, granted, they're not like super high, so you don't have to fly and get them. They're at your eye level and they're being supported by a smaller version of an easel where that painters use when they're making paintings on canvases and things like that. Yeah. And so you're going to take a look behind these paintings. What do you guys ah, think? Right here. Should I should I touch the paintings to see if anything's written on the back of you them? Do you? Sure. Sounds like a good idea. I fly a little higher. It's a mimic. I look for a happy little cloud. I hand Corvus. <laughs> I set my shield in front of Corvus in case the thing blows up. I'm getting tapestry vibes right now. This is payback. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I flip the paintings around one by one, look to see if there might be anything written on the back, any descriptions or anything of what the paintings are. Okay. Dadek, as which painting are you look? I'll just say you just take a look at the one of the paintings. Do you want me yeah. to roll to see which one you take? You know what? Let's let the dice gods be in your hands. Roll me a D4, please. Okay, just let me I almost stepped on a Sheppy. I do not want to step on the Sheppy boy. I thought you said Chevy, and that was gonna be weird that you stepped on your car. <laughs> hey, little Hot Wheels, leave him alone. Yeah, leave me alone, guy. Two. Excellent. So you take a look behind the painting with the sad looking woman looking at the lake. And as you take a look behind the painting, dun, you dun, dun. yeah, you see Nothing, tra-la-la. Check it along. Nothing. Just to double check, there is a blue frame. Yes. So once again, there is a blue frame as well as a green, pink, white, red, orange, violet, yellow, and black. I'm going to put the blue frame on the sad elf lady. So the sad looking woman looking at the distance. Okay. So as you put the blue frame onto the second painting, Corvus, you see the painting begin to shake a little bit. Think of like Luigi's Mansion when the ghosts are trying to not get into the paintings a little bit and the frame begins to shake a little bit. It shakes for a little bit before stopping and then it begins to levitate and then it finds its way 
and you are watching this painting float its way and fit into what looks to be one of the missing places against the wall where all these other paintings you have seen are being hung. Ooh, put the green one on the first one. Put the green one on the first one. I want to see that happen again. I look up. If I die, I'm haunting you. And I put the green one on the first one. Cool. So you put the green one on the... Up, by the way, because I did set it down <laughs> to block any explosion from Cor- happening to Corvus. Okay. So, Corvus, as you put the green frame on the first painting, same thing. Once you put it on, it begins to shake a little bit, stops, and then it levitates, and then it goes onto the wall as well. Ha! I was right. Eat that, you. I did not say you were wrong. I just wanted to look at all the other paintings first. Then I put the yellow one on the last painting. Third one. The third one, the whichever one was the happy old lady. That was the so for the last oh, one. The fourth one. Yes. The third one was the tiefling child who was scared of everything. All right. Oh, that, let me. Where did I leave that? So as you put the yellow frame onto the grandma painting, you see the frame begin to shake. But then, as it continues to shake, it stops. And uh, it just stays there for a little bit until the frame just pops off of the picture frame and the painting begins to coalesce a little bit as if it was. Think of it as what happens when you mix watercolor paints in water and just how much it smears within the liquid. You can see that and popping out of this thing, you just see a flash of yellow hit, hit Corvus directly. And you, my friend are going to take each 11 points of lightning damage as this thing shoots you with lightning. And as the yellow frame pops off of it. Oh my God. Not so happy (laughs) after all, are we? Yellow is not happy. Yellow is not happy. (sighs) No, it's painful. It's painful. Very painful. Ow. I was going to choke and say, Corvus, do you need one of these potions now? (laughs) No, I'm okay. I'll be fine. I say to Corvus, I am sorry, my friend. If you'd like me to, I can take over here. But please, heal up. And at that, I cast Healing Word on Corvus. You get eight points of healing. Yay! Hold on, sorry. Nine points of healing. I'm almost full. Very nice. So we got... So we have black, violet... Purple. Shut up. Yellow. (laughs) Question. And no, we uh, used green and blue. The, uh, in the portrait of the elderly elven woman. Oh, boy. What color is her outfit? Her mumu is like a different color or pattern. It's like a mixture of like red and pink and white. It's so to give it more context, it's like a white mumu. No, it's like a red mumu with pink and white like stripes going across as a pattern on it. Okay, I thought the outfit was just going to be like one solid color. Nah, I'm not going to make it that easy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a very forgetful person, but we've used blue and green so green. far. Yes. Correct. And all we have left is black, violet, yellow, and white. So no, black, violet, no. orange, red, white, and pink. Red, white, orange, and pink. A lot of frames. And no, yellow does not cooperate with this portrait. I'm going to pick up the yellow portrait and take it over to the third one of the young tiefling lad running from the ghost. And when he does that, I'm going to grab the pink one and put it back on the and put it on the old lady. Okay, so we'll do this. We'll do this in sequential order. Fedin, as you put the yellow frame onto the painting of the young tiefling boy running away from the ghost, the frame begins to shake a little bit once it gets put on the painting. And once again, the frame pops off. The painting begins to coalesce, and you... Take my shield out. I pull Ty deck in front of me. <laughs> He's in the air. <laughs> He's floating he above us. <laughs> so, Dadek, you're going to jump in front? Yeah, so I'm just going to stick my shield out and be like, no, you don't. Okay, I will allow it. So, Dadek, you are going to take nine points of lightning damage. So you protected Federn from taking the hit, but you are going to get the damage now instead. So nine points of lightning damage. I guess I'll stand in front. Oh, that was shocking. <laughs> oh, wow. 
that just be able to use it, didn't you? <laughs> yes. I'll stand I'll in front of the green guy. Yeah, so the and you're back to full with cure wounds being done on you. <laughs> you don't have to stand in front of me. I'm John. going to. I have second win. It's okay. Where do you want? What's happened? Trust me on this. Okay. You're, you're back. Yeah, Fedin healed you, so you're back at full now. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome, lad. You're welcome. All right, Hugh, you no Corvus, you put the pink one on the grandma, right? Right. Okay. So as the frame gets put onto this picture of a grandma's birthday party with the pink frame, it begins to shake, and then after a brief moment, it begins to levitate and then find its place on the wall. I figured you had you had it. That's why I stood in front of you. (laughs) So now we have just the first one. We just got to figure out third one, lad. The third one. Third one. I want to take a look at this again. Oh, yeah. So describe the painting again for me. It's a tiefling whose the color is drained out from his face. Yes. So, ghost. Yes. So in this painting, it is a young tiefling boy dressed in blue pajamas, and he is running away from a ghost. As you take a look at the tiefling child's expression, that it looks like the color in his face is drained. And so he looks very pale as he's running away from this ghost. I was going to say the obvious answer would be white because he's pale, but no, that's not going to work. But that'd be too easy. Yeah. Okay, I want to take one for the team. I'll grab the white one and put it on there. Okay. Cool. Okay. Alrighty, so... This is the one where I got 8d6 for it. (laughs) No. So, Tydak, as you put the white frame onto this painting of the tiefling boy running away from the ghost, it begins to shake. There's a brief moment where it stops and then it levitates and finds its way against the wall. (laughs) And as that final painting finds its way and hangs on the wall, towards the end of this room, behind the pillars, you just see the stone begin to shake a little bit and then they separate, revealing a hidden passageway behind at the far end of this cavern. So before y'all secret tunnel. Yeah, so before you go into the secret tunnel, let me just ask, do you guys want to know what the concept for this puzzle was and what was like yes? Sure. (laughs) And this is good for the listening audience too, because puzzles can be a fun thing. Okay. When I incorporate puzzles into my game, I try to make them interesting and fun. And so for this particular puzzle called the Lost Art. I actually got this from Wally DM's book of puzzles. I kid you not. I bought the book and I like the YouTube channel and go support them. They're great. But there's so there's a lot of puzzles in that book that I really liked. And this one was on the YouTube channel. So the way that this puzzle works is that the four paintings all depicted color idioms. So there are sayings that include color and in order to solve the puzzle correctly you need to put the correct color frame on the correct painting in order for it to complete the puzzle so in order the two dwarves that were mining in the caverns with the jewel the one that was the one that did not find the diamond he was green with envy (laughs) then you have the young woman in the dress looking sad out at the lake she was feeling blue the tiefling child who was running away from the ghost whose was the colored has drained from his face he was pale as a sheet or pale as a ghost so white and therefore and then the last one the grandma who was at the birthday party and she was smiling and having a good time you could say she was tickled pink so if you yeah so if you're familiar with color idioms and just color in general you associate that with the painting. So uh, a little abstract, I know, but I love these types of puzzles. Huh? A little abstract. Very nice. (laughs) Yes. Great. All of a sudden you just hear coming from somewhere. This is like happy little trees. (laughs) I was tempted to include. I was tempted to put a Bob Ross ghost here, but (laughs) (laughs) one of the people in the paintings has a big Afro. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, I try not to make at this stage of the game. I try. I'm trying not to make the puzzles too hard, but I'm so excited to include some of the more challenging ones down the line. (laughs) But yeah, so now, as Fedin has pointed out, there is now a secret tunnel. Shall we venture farther down? We shall. Tunnel. Tidek, for Christ's sake, 
poop in your box and come down here. I didn't. What? It wasn't me. Uh huh. It was the other cat. I'm going to walk up to Tidak as he's making that noise and just scritch him right next on his cheek behind the ear and go, come on, kitty. A low growl comes from the deeps of my throat. There's a good point. Okay. <laughs> what is. Oh my gosh. All right. So into the secret. Hold on. Uh oh. One thing if I can do this. Just one thing. Hold on. Damn. Yeah, I'm going to do it. When he's purring like that, which he's not, I know he's not purring, but purring, I druidcraft the sound of a scampering little mouse running down the corridor in front of us. You know what? If it affects me. Wait. Yeah, I really want to see if it affects me. Makes me go after him. You did so, a, yeah, you did a mouse. You did a mouse. The sound yeah. Mouse. Not an image, but the sound. It's an illusory sound. Okay, so what should I run for that wisdom? Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright. What'd you roll? I'm clicking, I'm clicking. It's rolling. Please be in that one. He's gonna beat my DC. Eighteen. You beat my Damn. DC. Yeah, so Tidak, you hear the sound of the mouse, but for a brief moment you're like tempted to go chase after it, but then you shake yourself out as nah, that's the I'm not hungry yet. Shall we venture? <laughs> Alrighty. Leave the cat alone in the dark if he doesn't want to come. <laughs> Alrighty, so through the secret tunnel we go. Secret tunnel! <laughs> I'm gonna dual fist my torches out in front and start walking. Alrighty. Cool! As you guys walk through the secret tunnel, once again, you guys are walking through for quite a bit of time, and then you come into another wide open area. But this one looks a little bit different. Standing, not standing, in front of you, you see what looks to be a small study of some sort surrounded into this cavern. You see a large mahogany wooden desk and rows and rows of bookshelves filled with tomes and books of all sorts of things in it. You also see a nice comfy little couch and a sitting chair with the table, with the, what looks to be snacks of some sort, and a nice little teapot, and some actually some fine teaware as well, kind of sitting. And sitting in one of these reading chairs, you see a humanoid figure. They are pale. Their skin is of an ashen gray cover color, and they are dressed in what looks to be a fine loose silk robe of some sort as they're with glasses on just going through a book and as you guys approach this figure pops up and just looks at you and closes the book and just, oh i see that i have guests bien come it's been quite a while since i've had some visitors oh let me change out of this real quick snaps his fingers and in the puff of he snaps his fingers and then you just see a plethora of bats begin to coalesce around him and dissipate and you now see him in a more kind of formal nice purple plum color suit with a little tie to accentuate it looking pretty snappy if i do say so myself and he begins to walk up to you all and says Oh, where are my manners? Let me introduce myself. My name is Beren von Krisch, and I am the proprietor of this living space. And he begins to sniff the air a little bit. Oh, I see. It seems that you are in contact with Lady Redax as of late. I'm assuming she's the one who sent you to visit me? That is correct. Ah, good. Then if she has sent you, that must mean that she requires my extensive knowledge, as he points to the stacks of books behind him. Let's see. So, to give you some context, because I'm not going to make you roll for it, you see that, and you can guess with the bats and the pale ashen gray colored skin, and with the description that Lady Redax gave you briefly at Castle Waterdeep that the Baron has had many lifetimes. You all know, because you are all well-versed in this basic knowledge, as I will say, you know him to be what is called a Dampir. So basically vampire, but we're using the term Dampir. So 
Not as crazy as Drawd as we are all aware of, but he is akin to that same vein of I'm vampire. Not- oh, that's right. I forget. So, Dadek, you... Dadek, what's going through your mind as you're seeing a Dampier in front of you? This is going to be interesting. Yes. Dampier, though. Now, now he is. He's like a Dampier. For a centuries-old per- like individual, he do be looking spiffy in that purple suit. Roll if you fall in love. No, I'm just kidding. All right, here we go. Oh, no. All right, here we go. I guess Romy, I don't know, charisma? I don't freaking know. You serious? You're joking here. No, I'm serious. Oh, crap. I need everybody to roll to see how. Actually, no. You know what? JVL, I'm going to have you just roll a D20 because we I've done this in another game. It's like roll to see how hot he is. <laughs> Straight D20? Yeah. You sure don't want to be a queer D20? I rolled an eight. I got a 17. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? <laughs> What are we oh, rolling? Or what, what are we rolling again? Just roll a D20. Everybody roll me just a straight D20 and see what you get. So Hugh got an 8. Tydak got an 18. I got a nat 1. <laughs> got a 16. Corvus got oh. a 16. Okay. So Thodic, what did you end up getting? Got an 18. Okay. And Fedin? Rolled a 15 on the die. Okay. So Hugh... And more importantly, I'm sorry. As you're looking at the Baron, you're just like, well, okay, and it's spiffy, but there's nothing else. You're just like, eh, okay. Dodic, Fedin, Corvus, and Tydek. As you're looking at this damp here, you all just look and are just caught off guard, like mouths open, flies are flying as if you're catching flies, so to speak. And this Dampier in front of you has gone from Dampier Varen von Kresch to damn <laughs> Dampier Varen von Kresch. But yeah, that beauty is in the I bu- think 50 years was quite that long. You just fought, fed in, you just start to find yourself fanning yourself just a tiny bit. <laughs> he definitely is a Dampier. But yeah, so as he takes a look at all of you staring at him, it's just like, what? I know I look. I'm I know I'm okay. <laughs> yes, but, you are quite okay. Yes, but let us keep strictly to business. So I believe Lady Redax sent you for some information. Need to know though. What Black specifically? Armada. So Hugh, as you mentioned this, you just see the Baron kind of just retreats into himself a little bit and then comes back and says, Oh my it. It's been quite a while since anyone has asked me about that. All right. Put up a game on the outside. Not many people would come down here. Oh, did you enjoy my little puzzle that I had for you? I figure I'd give people who come visit me just a little bit of a break to test their brain power. And obviously it gives me an idea of what kind of people I'm looking at when they come visit me after that puzzle. Indeed. Then... Just give me a brief moment and I will pull up the information as he begins to levitate a little bit. All right. Where did I leave you? And you start to see him pick out different books across the shelves. And after a brief moment, he gets back down and he begins opening the books. And it's like, all right, so here's what you need to know. And for the sake of it, I'm not going to RP in that voice, but... Here's the conversation that he has with you all. So my note takers, be ready. <laughs> okay. So after ready, sir. Cool. So the Black Armada is a very notorious band of pirates. And they, yeah. So the Black Armada is a set of pirates and across the entire sword coast and across the seas, the black armada is considered to be the most fearsome pirates in all of the land. Currently the black armada is under the leadership of captain Blackstaff. So captain Blackstaff, according to the Baron, he used to be human until coming in contact with an other planar being corrupted him both physically 
and his molecular structure also got affected as well. And a little bit of his soul also got corrupted. So now he's basically the equivalent of Captain Barbosa, but more infected with other planar corruption. Though no one knows exactly what corrupted him, but he is stronger, more dangerous, and very ugh, to look at, to be completely honest. Because the Black Armada is this huge operation with, of pirates, Captain Blackstaff has three admirals that work underneath him that he has recruited over the years. And these three admirals are basically his go-to people when he needs things done. Since he's the head of the organization, the admirals are usually the ones that care, take care of the actual dirty work. Now, there are three captains, and I'll give you their names and what they are. So the three admirals that work underneath Captain Black's staff, the first one, her name is Brodia. So B-R-O-D-I-A. So Brodia is a Azamar. And I'll also give you their class for free, so do you know what to expect. Brodia is a Azamar paladin. Oh boy. And Dot Yeah, so Dodek, you actually know the name Brodia because back home to high school together. Not necessarily so. In fun fact, and I'm just throwing this out here now because you know why not? Because I live for the drama. Brodia was actually supposed to be in the position you are, Dodek. The only reason you're in it is because for some reason she failed to do something. But it's you don't know exactly what she failed at, but you do know that she was supposed to be in your position within the service of the Baron and Baroness. And you know that name, you know of her, but you don't know her like intimately, like you're not friends. You didn't go to school together. You know know of her. her. Exactly. So that's the interesting bit. (laughs) So that's Brodia. The second admiral is named Diamant, so D-I-A-M-A-N-T, so Diamant is a human barbarian, and let me see, actually, you know what? I'm going to make this interesting. Soren, I want you to roll me a history check on that name for me, please. Sure, we can do that. What the hell is my history? That's a good question. Oh, great. Uh, 13. Cool. Alrighty. So, Soren, the name Diamant is familiar only because, now granted, this was before your time, but back home in the Great Tree where you live, and through your studies, in your history books, you... So, to give a little context... Just as a reminder for you and just a little bit of information for the party as well. The Great Tree is a very closed off civilization. It is mostly Owlin as well as a few others like elves and halflings that kind of live in this giant tree. And it's more of a very enclosed society. And the reason for that, that you remember from your study, Soren, is that there was a band of humans who found their way to the great tree and your people tried to make a try to coexist with them and to work together to build up the civilization before diamant betrayed your people and thus a war ensued between the owlins and the humans in which your people were successful in defending and exiled diamant and his people out but in the same fucking wings, but you're puzzled because according to your history books, that war was like way before your time. It was 500 years ago. So it's a little questionable as to how Diamant, a human being can have survived that long. That begins to make the cogs in your wheel inside your head begin to spin a little bit. Okay. <laughs> and finally, you, the third admiral is Alcrest, so A-L-C-R-Y-S-T. 
So Alcrest is a Vidalkin sorcerer. And the name Alcrest is A L Vidalkin or how Oh sorry. Vidalkin V E D A L K I N. Thank you. Crest. She is a Vidalkin sorcerer. And let's see. Q. I want you to roll me. So I want you to roll me a history check as well. Favorite skill. That's a 17. Okay. For you, you're going to get two sides of this from the history that Alcrest goes by the name of the alchemist. Because she uses her sorcery magic to do feats of things that seem beyond the normal parameters and capabilities of magic. So be able to use her magic. And she was going around using them to be known as the alchemist. So using her magic to create things and transmute and all that kind of stuff. Abominations. Now, and this is where it gets interesting for you, because you also know that for a brief moment, Alcrest, before you left the, is it a pro, JVL, you can tell me if this is, if you want me to use a different term, but is it fair to say that from your backstory, you were part of a cult? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the, I'm the referring cult, of course I was. Okay, I just wanted to make sure, because all that stuff. I, I bathed myself in the Kool-Aid and changed myself to be a semic hybrid, fuck yeah. Funny enough. With Alcrest, she was with you in the commune of the cultists for a little bit. And actually, she's one of the few reasons why you decide to leave because she started to slowly spread her influence and begin to take over the cult as well, poisoning what was the original message and the original reason why you guys worshipped Dagon in a sense. So she basically was the catalyst that made everything go sideways that kind of made you leave. Oh, goody. So you have a little more personal relationship with Alcrest because from a philosophical fundamental aspect of it, you two are at odds with each other. I'm wondering if she's merged the Armada with the cults. That'd be even worse. Who knows? We'll just have to find out. No, it's kidding. Next time oh. on... Dragon Ball Z. Nah. <laughs> Alrighty. The Baron continues. So once again, brief spark notes. Black Armada is led by Captain Blackstaff, has three admirals underneath him, which is Brodia, Diamant, and Alcrest. And so a couple of people know of them or have personal interactions with them. The Baron also tells you that while the Black Armada is the largest pirate organization, Underneath Bl Captain Blackstaff, he has also created a coalition of different pirates across the Sword Coast. And they're uh, underneath a loose united front. So all the pirates have their own code and they agree not to get in each other's way. So this little alliance is known as the Espada Alliance. So A S P A. D-A, so the Espada Alliance, and that is the Black Armada and a few other high-level pirate organizations and groups across the Sword Coast that are in this alliance. Now, the Black Armada is a biker gang and they've patched over some smaller gangs. Yes, but I will say that while the Black Armada is the largest... The other four pirate organizations are just as powerful, even if their numbers don't show it. So Black Armada has the numbers, according to the Baron, but each pirate gang, each pirate organization deals in something different. Oh and obviously they have to be capable if they've managed to stay afloat this long, pun intended. So you, Captain Blackstaff, along with the other four pirate captains, are known as the Five Warlords of the Sea, is what the nickname they have been given. So, I think I'm going to find One Piece lot and be king of the pirates. <laughs> what did you say they call themselves, Mikey? <laughs> so, along with Captain Blackstaff and the four other pirate captains, they are known as the Warlords of the Sea. So, 
in these little, I guess, gang, if you want to put it, you have Captain Blackstaff. But then the Baron kind of gives you the names of the other four captains and who they lead. The first captain, her name is Zephia. So Z E P H I A. So Zephia. And she leads the pirate organization known as the Hidden Lotus. So the next. Yeah, the Hidden Lotus. So next captain, his name is Gri. So G R I S S. So the two S's are silent. And he leads. He is the captain of the. He is the captain of the Nightshades. Alrighty. So next captain is known as Lady Maribel. So it is a her. And Lady Maribel is the captain of the pirate organization known as Valkyria. So V-A-L-K-Y-R-I-A. Can you spell that again, Mikey? Yeah, Valkyria. V-A-L-K-Y-R-I-A. And then finally... The last captain is VA. So M A U V I and E with the apostrophe over. And Mavier is the leader of the pirate organization known as Fonce. So F O N C E. So Fonce. And then it has a little accent mark over the E as well. So once again, the warlords of the sea are Captain Blackstaff of the Black Armada, Zephia of the Hidden Lotus of the Nightshades, Lady Maribel of Valkyria, and finally, Mavier of Fonce. I'll give about a minute for y'all to get that in writing. Then I'll get into the last part. <laughs> I'm good. Cool. So we. Okay. So the last portion of this kind of lore drop, if you want to call it, the Baron takes the map that you guys brought along with you. And along with what you were able to decode and him referencing a lot of books, the Baron lets you know that based on the symbols used on the map, and you all are aware that the cities were going to come under attack from pirates, but cross-referencing in his books, as well as his own knowledge, because he also tells you that he used to be a member of Valkyria before defecting from them years ago. He uses what he his skill set from Valkyria to basically let you all know that Lady Red Axe needs to be informed immediately because according to the map, the city of Waterdeep will be attacked by Admiral Diamant in two days. So one of the Black Armada's admirals is on their way. So Soren, your human barbarian, is on their way to the city of Waterdeep in two days. Dope. And so the Baron informs you that you need to let Lady Red Axe know that you all that she needs to start building up the city's defenses and prepare for a full scale battle because Diamant being one of the admirals for the Black Armada is no slouch and things are going to get dicey. And with that concludes the information that the Baron gives you about the Black Armada and also the information, the additional information gleaned from the map. So the Baron looks at each of you. Seems that you have found yourself in a greater conflict than I could have ever imagined, it seems. We are about to swim in very deep waters. I concur. There's one other thing that I want to ask you as he looks at the map and flips to the backside. It seems that this map also seems 
to be based on the writing that each of the cities is holding a piece of Kalina's candor and just looks at you. Are you also on the search for it as well? <laughs> Do you want me to remind you? <laughs> I remember. I'm waiting if anybody else wants to tell them the truth or not, because. Sorry, Mike was muted. We would be a lot. We would be. Okay. So the Baron kind of just looks at you, Fedin, and hands you the map back and says, Then, if it is Kalina's candles that you are after, I think it's fair to say that for whatever reason, the Black Armata wishes to get it as well. Oh boy, this is not good. And he once again grabs another book and opens it up. So, with Kalina's candor, I, based on what I know, when the three pieces are combined, it opens what is known as world's, the World's Gate. So the World's Gate it is basically, the best way I can put it is, think of it as like a portal to other worlds and other planes. And if the Black Armada is looking to access World's Gate, then that means that things are a lot dire than I could imagine. And then on top of that, with the Council of Twelve being nowhere to be found, that kind of throws a wrench into things. I it wonder... It does indeed, lad. It does indeed. Then, I rarely do this myself, but it seems that Waterdeep is in a time of turmoil. And he looks at all of you. Would you be willing to let me accompany you back to the castle in order to help Lady Red Axe fortify the city. I might not look it, but I, I don't necessarily have that problem. And he snaps his fingers and the bats drape a cloak and drop what looks to be some sort of glasses case as he puts on like sun as the equivalent of like sunglasses. So his eyes aren't burnt out. And I will be fine. Don't worry. They're smoked goggles. Yes. <laughs> All righty. And he has the bats put the books back and gives the map back to you, Fedin. And has a list of notes that he gives everyone as well with the information that he told you. All righty, then. It looks like we're going to have to quicken the pace a little bit. Back to Castle Waterdeep, it seems. And so you guys make your way with the Baron in tow. You guys make your way back through the cavern, back up to the Iron Door. And you exit out of the Baron's domain back into the Yawning Portal, where you guys make your way back to inform Lady Red Axe of what is about to happen. And that is where we're going to end our session there for tonight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we made a damn peer, man. <laughs> that was the fun part, but... I apologize for keeping you guys a little bit later, but I wanted to make sure I got all of this lore out to you guys because this is going to set up the next couple of adventures y'all are going to go on. We'll talk off camera because I've been sitting on this for a while and I hope you liked what I did. We'll talk off camera. But when we come back with the next episode of Call of the Deep Season 2... We're going to have our party inform Lady Red Axe of what is to come, and then we're going to see what transpires as the party begins to help fortify the city. I'm so excited because there's so many interesting characters you're going to meet. Let it on fire! Let it on fire! Oh, don't worry. I have plans for the dragon to come back with this one. This is going to be interesting. But... Until then, to the listening audience, thank you so much for tuning into the Season 2 premiere of the call of the deep when we come back we're gonna see how our party get deals with having to fortify a city and we'll see what kind of forces and what kind of person diamant is when they arrive in the city in two days but until then thank you so much for listening and as always remember from all of us here at vibe tribe love each other Take care of one another. And as always, make sure those good times roll. Till the next episode, we'll see you later. Ta-ta for now.